It is Friday, February 3rd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The system works. And LeBron closing in on history. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your Friday. You know, yesterday, AJ, we said it was Tuesday. I just feel like we were just out of it. Yeah, you guys are a bunch of suckers. It was like, just... nobody, nobody caught us on. Nobody called us out. Either. No one called. You know, someone tweeted in and said that they loved the Groundhog Day reference because we repeated the intro yesterday morning. To be funny, like, mm-hmm. you know, Groundhog Day was Groundhog Day. By the way, Punks of Tony Phil yeah. did see his shadow. So we do have six more weeks of winter. Ooh. Bullshit. I don't know about Staten Island Chuck, though. I got to check on him. But Is that like uh, the devil dog of uh, of Groundhogs? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's Punks of Tony Phil. There's Staten Island Chuck. So, yeah, I mean, they, they've been rivals forever. Which one's more famous? I don't know. <laughs> uh, T Smooth tweeted in. He said he loved the He said classic start to today's show. He thought it was another behind-the-scenes look. <laughs> no, 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 we're we're past that, boys. All right, we're past that. But yeah, we did. Although say- it was another extremely. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and as long as this podcast exists, my guess is that the most likely day for us to have some sort of gaff is going to be a Thursday morning. Oh, because because we have a pull late the night, curtain Wednesday back. Night, yeah. Wednesday nights around this place are long, long nights sometimes. So <laughs> Thursday mornings come, especially because we do Thursday mornings late nights, late, late <laughs> at night, uh, because we're, we're posting for the East coast. It, it's like uh, it, we're not at our best probably on those Thursday mornings. No, see, normally there's like normally there's like a nap that occurs before the show mm-hmm. because like you know you break up the sleep intervals. So like we wake up, we come in here, you know, we get do a show at two o'clock in the morning, whatever. And on a Wednesday night, going into Thursday morning, there is no nap time. It's just like we're 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 straight through till two a.m. two thirty in the morning. So it is what it is. But today's Friday. So yes. that's the good news. Like, and it's going to be Friday all day. Got to get down on Friday. <laughs> so, so, in the words of Rebecca Black. So we're good. Uh, you got, you, you got a five minute timeout for that reference, by the way. <laughs> you can't that, act like that's not a banger. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> nobody likes to admit they yeah, enjoyed it's, it. It's, everybody enjoyed it's, it. It's like no one wants to admit they enjoy "Call Me Maybe," but oh, it's I, a great I, song. I enjoyed it too. And there's people mm-hmm. who are like, "Oh, Taylor Swift sucks." Don't quit trying to be macho. Taylor Swift's the songbird of our generation. And, like, if you're going to pretend like Taylor Swift doesn't make catchy music, you're just lying to yourself. Stop trying to be a tough guy and just own it. All right. Something that we can't deny. LeBron James. Party in the USA? Yeah, Miley's amazing. Oh, my God. Who doesn't love party? Like, you can't. The two best songs of my college life, Party in the USA, my freshman year. Call me maybe my senior year. Define the era. You can't And Kanye and Kanye. You can't not bob your head when that song comes on. Playing my song? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't right, avoid it. All right, sorry. You're done. I digress. You're done. Now I'm in timeout. You're done. <laughs> I'm going to have to knock you out like I did that heavy bag earlier today. So we'll talk about that. Motor I need, in the back. I need my advice. <laughs> LeBron is going to pass Kareem for the all-time scoring title. That's not a debate. It's a, it's a fact. Let's pause there because while we've got McKenzie here, 
known uh, LeBron hater. Skeptic, I would say. But yeah, okay, but... LeBron skeptic. Even you would admit, like, this record, even, it, even I mean, this record has a lot to do with longevity, first of all. It's, it's, an, it's an incredible record. It's an incredible achievement. Would you agree? I mean, who said this? I think it was Zach Lowe. He said this is the most hallowed record in NBA, in the NBA. This is the one record that everyone knows. Everyone remembers the hook shot that got him there. He, beat, he passed Wilt in the early 80s. Uh, that's not saying much. It's not baseball. It's not MLB. It's not 61 or 60. It's not people haven't been talking about their kids, 36,000. It's just and I disagree to me, with that. To I me, don't think records matter in the NBA. To, to me, the, the most hallowed number is Wilt's 100. That's the one that everybody knows because oh, yeah. there's that picture. I can't tell you the number. No, no video. I can't tell you the number for Kareem. I don't know what his total is. Like I, I mean, I know <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I know that Wilt scored 100 because he's holding the sign. Like I, I've seen that. As, as far as achievements go, I guess it's the most hallowed achievement as far as career. But like single performance. But when you say you don't know the number, it's it's true. Like we don't know the number, but yet it's not like baseball where we know every number. Right. You will always know the records of like 2632. Cal Ripken's records never going to get broken. Everyone knows that number if you're a baseball fan. The 61 number, now 62, like 762. 760. Like. These numbers we know these numbers in basketball we just don't. And I don't think that you know ESPN's cutting away for every possession to see if LeBron scores a point or will they on Tuesday or Thursday? Oh, I don't I, know. I, oh if it's if it's in with 5 points, I mean it's it's like the story of the NBA year. It's going to be... Well, I TNT think, has the games, but... Okay, the, but ESPN will not. Yeah, but I, I By the I way, 38,330... Well, this is a tough one. 38,387 Kareem scored in his career in the regular season. That's a lot of points. And LeBron's going to do it in less games, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, far less games. I mean, Kareem, his latter stages of her career was scoring 20. You know, even though he was the high scorer on the Lakers, they were, you know, pretty diversified 20, 19 later in his career. LeBron, very consistent. Almost... Uh, suspiciously so. Like, <laughs> like he writes it down before the season. I'm gonna get this, this, and that. Even if I have to do this many turnovers and miss this. Many uh, well, shots. let's face it. If he if, pencils it out, he's a genius when it comes to his performances. Let's face it. If LeBron played Major League Baseball, we would all be accusing him of steroid use. Like, there's no doubt. Like, he's people, different. It, it, it's one of those kind of. Here's why I would say I don't know that this is the most hallowed number. Until this year, Carl Malone was in second place. How many people knew that? I think a lot of people yeah, did actually. I remember he passed it's well but, not, yeah, but it's like Carl Malone, who is Carl Malone like one of the 20 best players ever? I think he consensus is he'd be like 18, 15. I'd have him like 25, 30. I think. Uh, I feel like, I guess that maybe really that's me. Like, the playoffs. And I think the, the, you know, bringing along Tim Duncan and Dirk since Carl I mean, Hakeem Olajuwon, Carmelo Anthony. Who do you who do you take all time? The guy that was better, the guy that really cared. I mean, not the one that scored a lot of points. It's it's a different era. People play longer and they score a lot of points, especially right now these the past couple of seasons. What I was saying was, though, I, I think there's a lot of people who there was an, a while where you could argue Carl Malone greatest power forward ever. Okay. I don't think you can make that argument because of Tim Duncan and Dirk Nowitzki. I think like that it's yeah. really Tim Duncan closed the case on everybody for the foreseeable future, but certainly on Carl Malone. So that's why I'm like, is he a top twenty player? I don't Charles know. Charles Barkley is better. No, I wouldn't. Most of the I, yeah, I agree with better. that. Tim, yeah. I agree. So yeah, I I I guess Carl Malone did score a lot of points. And again, this takes nothing away from Kareem. Who well, I let me was let, let me ask you guys because I think I differ from the consensus on this. How much do you care about, uh, you know, 3,000 games in a row like Carl did or whatever it did without missing a game? Like, your fans appreciate that. That's impressive. I get it. It you is know? impressive. I mean, it's, it's not easy to do. It's a marathon, not a, not a sprint. But you also have to 
give kudos to the guys who get hurt and fight their way back. Like, I mean, you mentioned Kareem and what he was doing at the end of his career. Kareem was battling through crazy injuries late in his career to keep getting out there. And it's not like he was out there like like some scrub putting up four points a game. Like, he was battling through injuries to go help his team actually win. 1985 finals, it has to be known. 38 years old. Yeah. So LeBron's age right now, if he got to the finals MVP, how how, how impressed would we be? Very impressed. uh, Certainly. So... Whatever, however you want to slice it, this is a really impressive achievement for LeBron. The question to me is, how do we make money on it? And I've got a way that I'm, I'm eyeballing. Very shrewd. I've heard this pre-production. Very shrewd. All right. So he needs 63 points to break the, to tie the record or break the record. Is 63 to break it or 63 to tie it? 63 would. Break it. 63 62 would break 62 would tie it. Okay. So what is LeBron's average this season, McKenzie? 30.2, second highest in his career. Only last year was higher. Okay, so here's my hope. My hope is this next game against the Pelicans, LeBron scores a little under his season average. Give me 28, 27. Then the next game, he's going to need 35. Right. I think the books. What's and what's his average total been? And we yeah we talked about this also. It's been twenty nine and a half, but they have bumped it up to thirty and a half or thirty one and a half. So they have some wiggle room in that range. If he needs thirty five points, I think we're going to see. I think the books will probably open at thirty one and a half, and I think people will yes. bet over. I agree. And if it gets to thirty two and a half, thirty three and a half, like if it gets to where people think he's actually going to break it in that second game, mm-hmm. I want the under. And I think he breaks the record very early in the third game against Milwaukee. They'll be hosting the Thunder who don't play any defense. And here's the thing. You say people will think he will break it. Yes, they will. But people want him to break it. People want to have money on it when he does break it. So that's a rational reason it's going to be an inflation. What do you think the odds are? 63 points. He's not going to get it on the road against New Orleans. I I don't. He's not going to get 63. Jordan, 86. He's not getting 63. He's not getting 63. Rare, Rare. But. What are the odds? Especially given we've talked about the homeless guys on his team. Like, but let's say yeah. let's say he's forty points. Let's say he only scores twenty three points. He's forty point shot. What are the odds? That How are the Pelicans defensively? Uh, not good recently. Z- without Zion, they've kind of fallen off a cliff. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm saying. This like, might kill my thing. I know we're all projecting. Yeah, we're, I think everyone's projecting. Yes, at home against Milwaukee on Thursday on TNT, but. Tuesday night's a TNT game also, and yes, OKC stinks, but all the more reason to think that. He has like a forty-point game, maybe, and breaks this record. Although I didn't, know, I didn't know realize that this Thunder game was on TNT. Yeah, although that's a, that's a good point. The Milwaukee game would draw. You do it with big, Giannis on the floor. You do it with Giannis. It would draw a bigger against crowd. Giannis. You take the crown, you put it back on your head. It would draw a bigger <laughs> crowd. You know, more celebrities are going to be there. Even though I think if LeBron's in range to get the record on Tuesday, celebrities will show up. Yep. But right now, ticket prices are double for the Milwaukee game than they are for the OKC game. Well, so, wow, you also got to consider there's, yeah. a, I mean, that's could be the honest factor as well. Of course, well. the yeah. honest factor. And it's a better game. stinks in Milwaukee's. Yeah. A, a it's champion. a better moment. Imagine a dunk on although, your rival. Although, here's the other question. Take this, youngin. The likelihood that he would, this feels like it would be a more fun record to break in a win than a loss. Right. Yeah, that's, be, that's why I see a 40-point game where he has a big fourth quarter. I and can see that. They'll be projected to beat OKC and projected to lose to Milwaukee. Any so. chance LeBron is within 10, but the Lakers have a lead on OKC in the fourth quarter, sits out the rest of the game so he gets the oh, so he gets it, be gets it on Thursday against Milwaukee. So I project Milwaukee will be a two-point favorite at L.A., uh, Oklahoma City, 
Seven point dog. Six and a half has my numbers here. Um, so I'm an NBA guy. You're, you know? you're, I mean, you're becoming a basketball <laughs> savant. Shit, the system system plays. So uh, I'll still. I, I kind of I kind of agree with your general thought, AJ. Is that the line will be inflated on Tuesday against OKC because everyone's going to expect them to get the record in that first home game, especially if he puts up a decent yeah. performance against New Orleans. So the line will be inflated. You can take advantage of that inflated line by betting the under. I'm just saying OKC's bad, and there's a chance he just kind of name off. a score. I think the best case scenario if he needs like 39, where it's kind of unrealistic. They're going to be favored. You know, they're favored by seven. They're going to be up by 15, and he has 25. Then I could see him kind of coasting, you know, getting his triple double and not. But if he needs 34 and he has 28, see, this is where I'm going to win. He's like, let me just do it. This is where I would make money on this. Depending on what the number is against OKC, if it's higher than his average, the book's not going to make LeBron's total 38 and a half. Right. right? Exactly. They're going to make his number 29 and a half. And let's say he needs 41 points to break the record. I'll play the alter. I'll I'll try to find move. the alternate. I think over. you can play both. I think you play under thirty and a half if it's inflated thirty one and a half, and then play over thirty eight and a half. Yeah, you know, three to one or like, something like that. I, like I would like to play the over, the alternate over for him, no matter what the number is to get the record. Here's the yeah. good news: because you get plus money on it. If he scores what I'm hoping he scores between twenty six and thirty, any chance he doesn't play against New Orleans? Oh yeah, there's a chance. Load management. That way he gets a bit. He has a big game on national TV against the Thunder. Big game against Milwaukee. He he can get sixty three in two games. If that's all he's trying to do, he can get sixty. You know what though? If he does sit, if he does sit out against New Orleans, I'm gonna bet the under in the Milwaukee game too. Because I don't, I don't think Giannis lets it happen, and then I think he has to do it in, in, in Golden State the next game. So wow, they really if, lined it up. Those are three excellent. If, and that game's on ABC. Well, now, go, now we're Saturday. going. Crazy. Now we're going crazy because if he sits out against New Orleans, that changes I, everything. I will hammer the alternate over because he's going to get all sixty-three against OKC. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be interesting. We'll see what it, we'll see what happens Saturday. Uh, you, you know what? Let's put a put a pin in this. We'll we'll reconvene on Monday. The uh, LeBron prop company is what I've what I've, I've built here. Yeah, we will have a show uh, Monday morning. Yeah, we'll, so one we'll thing know. we know is he's we'll not going to break it. We'll have an opportunity that day. Yeah. yeah so and LeBron we'll, James with sixty three points here in New Orleans. Who could have seen it? Oh, I'd be so pissed <laughs> on a Saturday night on ES Saturday afternoon on <laughs> right. ESPN but, two. He really could ruin not it. Even on, not even on ESPN one on ESPN two. He really could ruin it because if he put, if he puts up forty against New Orleans. Orleans, now like there's no there's no better there's number. nothing there's nothing there so it, it, it's uh it, I really do need him to fall in that su- if he plays I need him to fall in that sweet spot between 25 and 30 where the books will be like okay he's gonna go for it in this next game and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to be against that but we'll see we'll see I, I'm uh I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll have an opportunity here elsewhere in the NBA Luca. Leaving the game with an injury, boy, it seems like we're saying that every single week. I don't know what the story is with this guy. McKenzie, it's, I don't think this is anything serious, right? With the uh, He left the game with a bruised heel. Yeah, you could say this season it's been on and off, and then the start, end of last season it's been on and off. He missed you know, the beginning of the playoffs. When you have the highest usage rate in the league, you have a lot of minutes and arguably entering some seasons. like Much like the great Shaquille O'Neal, you haven't been in the best of shape playing your way into shape. Uh, reportedly a little bit better with that this year. But it's not its not a shock, but it's also not that big of a concern. It's more of a league-wide problem as well. Last year, most games missed by far 
uh, in modern NBA history, and this year's right along track to match it. Well, it's funny because if you said three years ago, who are the, the best players in the NBA? If you made a, a top two or three list, Kawhi Leonard was on it. I think he still it, is. He's been winning seven of eight. He's been good. It's just when they when the the problem is when's he playing, right. you know? And it's it's hard. Like attendance is part of the grade, and like Kawhi Leonard sometimes falls out of my mind as like one of the great players in the league because he misses so much time. Anthony Davis, the same thing. Like if Anthony Davis played seventy five games a year. I, I think people would discuss him as one of the best players in the league, and he's yeah. not really even discussed as one of the best because he just misses so much time. So you went from like top five to top ten only by missing games, really. Yeah, so it it is a weird phenomenon. That you're right in that it feels like what player doesn't miss games? I guess Jokic, and that's why they keep that's giving. Why he's him, about to win the third. That's, that's why I keep giving him trophies because he he shows up every day and does the work. But it does feel like a rare thing in today's NBA to play. And Steve Carr talked about it recently, giving us license to say, again, let's think about the best way to execute our product and have interesting games throughout the year. 72-game season, in-game tournament. Steve Kerr suggested it. I think that's the best An in-season tournament? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. But that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of these ideas make sense. I think cutting the baseball season by, by 20 games makes sense. But they'd never do it because it then it messes with numbers. Go back to 154. That way the real 61 it, winner will it, eventually emerge. It messes with all those numbers, all those historic numbers, and it's it's eight less games for them to make money on tickets. And it's, it, yeah, that, you know, to me, it, they, they don't worry about the product being – I mean, look at the NFL. The NFL adding a, a 17th game. I don't think it was necessary. Like, was any were, were any of you unhappy with adding 16 extra, NFL games a and year? And adding an extra playoff team that yeah. didn't Another, do anything. Same thing. NFL. That all, uh, to me, that really but watered the end, it down. But, the, but yet the NBA with the play-in tournament now, literally, it was already more than half the league makes yeah. the playoffs. Right. Now, you have to be like, you have to be asked backwards to not make the playoffs. I, in a way, I get... of the league makes some sort of playoff. And I, I guess in a way, I get that because it, it prevents tanking a little bit. Yeah. Like, there's at least something to that, but... It, I don't know. It feels like adding an extra NFL team just means a team that in the, in the past it hasn't been good enough to make it makes it. started it. with the seventh game for a first-round series. I don't think it's mattered once. I don't think one time a team has been up, they've, they've won a seven-game series that they should have lost. If they could have won in five, then one versus eight. It's, it started then, and they've just done money grab after money grab, but eventually they're going to turn things around. I think it's just the product is suffering too much. All right, so uh, the other story in the NBA was the scuffle. Between Dylan Brooks and Donovan Mitchell, this one uh, probably going to result in some suspensions, Mac. Yeah, uh, two for eleven. Mitchell fires a ball at the oft antagonist Dylan Brooks. Who knows, you know what happened, you know, thirty seconds before, a minute and a half before. But right there, you know, that's a suspension. I mean, that's an ejection and maybe a suspension. And then there was some fisticuffs after that. Uh, two for eleven night again. How come you never see a suspension on an 8-for-11 night? <laughs> no, there's some extra frustration when you're sucking. That's a great point. Yeah, he's not happy with his performance, and he decides to uh, get into it with Dylan Brooks. But Dylan Brooks does this. I mean, Dylan Brooks is like a uh, a new-age Pat Beverly uh, in my mind. And, you know, what what I had heard or what I saw, and it's it's hard to see in the video, but I think what he said was he – when he was driving, when Brooks was driving, he kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of dick-tapped him. Did he break the code? I, I think so. I, I, I think he's driving to the basket with his he said, off. He said, what's the capital of Thailand? 
<laughs> hey, if you answer that question, yes. come on. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I'm probably throwing the ball at you if you do that to me too. So, but that that's there's room on a roster for guys like Dylan Brooks, especially if you can play. Uh, theory here, theory here. So you know how you kind of negotiate as a MGM, how you're going to play certain players, when you're going to certain players. We talked about how LeBron kind of knows how to get his stats. You think Donovan Mitchell says, you know, my, my stats are on fire. The Cavs are the second best team in the league. I got a lot of the boxes checked, but my cred, you know, it's a little, I just got t- you know, tapped in the dick. I, you know, I, I got to boost that metric up to, you know, equalize my superstardom. I, I'm, I'm seeing a different angle of it this morning than I saw last night. And it's it's what happens is when he's on the like Brooks hits the ground and as he's rolling over, his arms in the air and he it's it's more yeah. than a tap it's like a uh, a backhand and he's could say it's just swat. incidental like Draymond Green's flailing limbs here and mm-hmm. there in the 2016 playoffs but yeah he's an instigator what did the five fingers say to the face <laughs> <laughs> what did the five fingers say to Donovan's dick there is no game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look at the schedule tonight. See what we have up on deck. So we have the Hornets at the Pistons. This is the first game, McKenzie, that Detroit's playing after the uh, travel issues that happened the other day where they couldn't get out of D.C. The game was postponed, right? So now they're back home in Detroit. Do we like betting against the Pistons in this situation? Maybe look first half. Hornets by far the worst team in the first half. Make a little bit of a game of it in the second half. Uh, so that'd be one way angle to look at. Kings at the Pacers. Sacramento. The Kings are unbelievable. They're laying three. Talk about a team right. that cares. They're going to make the playoffs for the first time in a couple decades. You know, cool I, I want them to win. I'm, I like. Yeah. I find my. I find myself cheering for the Kings because like it, they're never good. So this is like. I mean, it's literally been almost. Tw- when was that Weber? Like was that twenty years ago? Wow, think about this. You have one of the most, like, beautiful, modern, European, international teams. You're up against, like, the two greatest players in the league. You're going to beat them. Not only do you not beat them, not only do you also lose the next game in overtime, then you're irrelevant for, for you know, For, like, two decades. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if – The pits. Imagine if they win that series against the Lakers. Poor Peja. <sighs> oh, you got – yeah, he's had some uh, excavates that I wouldn't be so, uh, you know. Don't feel bad yeah, don't for Don't feel him. bad for the Pages That was – an incredibly fun team. Like, I loved that Kings team. They were fun to watch. And I, I don't know if it's, like, they're from Sacramento, if that's why I feel sorry for them. Like, I always think, oh, what free agent's going to go sign there? That's not going to work. But I, I've always kind of, like, just felt bad for them. It's fun to see them win. Like, it's, uh, has there been, in the last 20 years, has, has any NBA franchise been worse than them, like, no. consistently? No. They are the worst. Because, like, should have been here. Should have moved to Vegas a little while ago. They should have. They should have. They I mean, really should have. Right when the uh, the Maloofs don't still own them, do they? Um, but the, no, it's that uh, Avec guy that wanted the yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan. But right but that they had you know they owned the palm uh, the the palms here in Vegas at one point, and it just would have made sense. You, you move them to Vegas, still makes sense. We have the Aces. Let's welcome in the Kings. We're champion do- Aces. I'm telling you, we're due for an NBA Vegas team. Aces. We need it. It's happening. We're building the arena. NBA and Major League Baseball. Let's the get it done. The question is, when LeBron owns a team in the NBA, and he's a real you know man about town, has a lot of power, pulling a lot of strings, can I still have my opinions? You know, that's the question. You know, that's that's my challenge. That's my oh, because you, I mean, you, are you, do you think you'll get murdered? You think you'll get <laughs> no, out? no? I just might not get an opportunity. You know, hosting. You know, at at the 
to whatever arena. You know, sometime down the road. I don't know. You know, he's a powerful man. I'd like everyone in the Vegas Braun, to like the me. The Braun you know? Arena? You want to be in his good graces. I, I, I wouldn't here. mind being in his good graces, yeah. Well, listen, I mean, it. What all you've got to say when that time comes is, listen, LeBron in his last few years, real, he really did a lot to impress me. And it... Uh, <laughs> It changed my view on everything, and that's okay. Like it's it's okay to change your mind. It takes a big man to change his mind, and that, I think it's I think it's allowable. Elsewhere around the league, you got the Wizards as a four-point favorite over the Trailblazers. The Boston Celtics nine and a half-point favorites over the Phoenix Suns. Sixers nine-point favorites over the Spurs. Raptors laying six in Houston against the Rockets. You have the Timberwolves laying five and a half at home against the Magic. And the Utah Jazz, one and a half point favorites at home against the Atlanta Hawks. Your NBA schedule for tonight, Friday, February 3rd. Well, we get closer and closer to the Pro Bowl. Festivities have already begun here in town, AJ. You know how excited I am about it. Uh, at the Raiders practice facility. You painted facility. your face today. That yeah. was weird. Yeah, I, I went by the Raiders practice <laughs> facility. I drove by it on my way to something else, but I drove by it. To Hooters. No. <laughs> to, 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 to the end to place my oh. bets. But uh, <laughs> I did, I did uh, drive past it and pointed at it. And I said, hey, that's where the skills competition is going to be. Uh, so Derek Carr did a very good job during his, you know, passing exercise or whatever yesterday. But he also did a good job of, I guess, uh, poking a little fun at himself. I don't know how you would say it. The, he was interviewed after he did well in the quarterback challenge. And they asked, have you ever been this hot? And he said, um, you know, not, no, not in Vegas because that's why I'm going to play elsewhere next year. Like Basically, <laughs> he was, he, he just acknowledged that. He is not going to be a member of the Raiders next year. Not a surprise. He said he's not going to change the date by which more than $40 million in guarantees kicks in. So all likelihood he will be released by the team. He said, quote, I don't think that would be best for me when they asked about extending the deadline. So. I think, yeah, I mean, Derek Carr is looking to start his new, yeah. wherever he's going to be, he's looking to get started on it. I think know? the only question is now is do the Raiders trade him or do the Raiders release him? That's it. We know he's not going to play for the Raiders next year. So it's either they release him or they trade him. That's the only question. Uh, but but Derek Carr has a no trade clause. So Derek Carr would have to agree to it. And if you're Derek Carr, why would you agree to that? You're So you're saying now my new team's got to give up assets to get me. That doesn't make any sense. I'd say release me. You have to pay me, and I can choose where I go, and that team doesn't have to give up assets to get me. It could be a situation where it's harder for – I mean, they could always cut players, but sometimes it's easier for a team to get a player through trade, at least in the NBA I'm thinking of this, because you need a match salary. You need to give something. But you don't need that in the NFL. I mean, you don't know how, you don't have infinite money. Like, if you have three million dollars in salary cap, you can just sign Derek Carr unless you you know trade a piece away. Or yeah, away. yeah, but it's probably he's going to get released and then he'll sign somewhere. And and obviously, there's a lot of teams that would like to have Derek Carr's services. Other interesting story in the NFL is uh, Joe Mixon has a warrant out for his arrest. Yeah, I saw this, and then I also saw that uh, apparently the charges are going to be dropped today. So I, I don't think it's as big of a deal as the initial thing was made out to be, but apparently it's for something menacing a woman with a weapon, a misdemeanor charge, almost a good thing that the Bengals aren't in the Super Bowl because this would be, of course, the the headline of the week. Instead, it's just a small headline. Yeah, exactly. And uh, 
Not the first time Joe Mixon has gotten into a little bit of heat, right? Wasn't there an incident when he was at Oklahoma? Uh, you mean where he punched a woman and made her collapse like a, a pile of bricks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember something like that. Yeah. Never okay to strike a woman, but what did she say? I mean, he was peeved. I mean, yeah, it had to be egregious. It had to be egregious. <laughs> I, let, me, let, me, let me restate. Yeah, like, <laughs> never okay. But, boy, she really upset him that day. And I'm, I'm guessing, listen, this woman that he brought out a gun on probably <laughs> upset him as well. There's a thing she called impulse there. control. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe Mixon Ang seems to lack management. it. Uh, the other story in the NFL yesterday was Julian Love of the Giants in an interview kind of took shots at Nick Sirianni of the Philadelphia Eagles saying that he uh, basically was a free ride that he had such a good roster that he just enjoyed the ride on this team and not giving him credit for doing anything. Poking the bear, Julian Love. Not exactly a good look for the Giants' uh, safety there. No, it may be bitter. Uh, I'm not playing. Nick Sirianni is. This is my chance to take a shot at him. I don't know. Uh, it, it... So we, we agree his comments are ridiculous. There's no reason you could discredit Nick Sirianni because of a great team. I mean, we, we knew the roster coming in. You, they were a nine-and-a-half-win team. They won 10 wins. They won 11 wins. No, they won freaking 16 going on 17. You, you, it's highly unlikely that any team gets to or has a chance to win the Super Bowl or is favored to win the Super Bowl if you don't have a really good roster. That's usually, like, right. the yeah, starting point. Yeah. You know, Bill Belichick's a really, really good coach. The problem is his roster is shit. So, I mean – He's saying, like, oh, he's just not screwing it up. I don't think that's fair. I agree with you. And, I, and I'm not – I don't think – at least I'm not convinced yet that Nick Sirianni is some sort right. of coaching genius. We know he's doing a good job with this team. Maybe he's not going to, you know, react to the vicissitudes and changes to rosters and not be a great all-time coach. But he's doing a great job this year. That's unquestionable. Good one in college hoops yesterday. And let's start with what we're referring to as the system. Not a system. <laughs> The system, the Scott's, the Sidon, the Sidon system is what I'm going to call it from now on. The Sidon system is a proven system that <laughs> guarantees you winners over a long period of time. Well, no, the, but honestly, wouldn't you rather be the owner, the person that people think of, of the system versus the owner of the Sidon system? Because obviously, I mean, it's, it's a bigger deal. The system I like. I think it's, it's, okay. it's the, for, for our listeners, listeners of straight out of Vegas AM, it is henceforth known as mm -hmm. the system. Okay. And the system is lower-ranked team or unranked team favored over a higher-ranked team or just a generically-ranked opponent. Yesterday, when we did the show, it was a pick -em. And we discussed— We're talking about UAB unranked at home against number 19, Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic, the longest winning streak in the country. 20-game win streak. And it was a pick -em. And we said, well— this is a borderline system play, borderline. And we said if it gets to a point where UAB takes money and becomes the favorite, it becomes a system play. UAB closed at what a two-point favorite. Yeah, I texted you when they as soon as they got a uh, as I soon know, as it was a minus. And I was my, like, and my response was system. System. <laughs> the system was a full go as UAB wins 86-77. And I was surprised at this because. The, the reason I would have thought UAB was taking money was because I would have assumed Jelly Walker, who's been out for some time, was going to play UAB's best player. He doesn't play. Doesn't matter. UAB, nine-point win, easy cover. 
And what's the system up to now, Scott? Uh, 21 and 10 ATS. So now some sites have 20 and 11, but it all depends on now, what some closing line is. That number yeah. is only for unranked teams, right? So yes, yes. not the just the lower ranked plus. Teams. The system, the system, the system plus, I guess, if you will, yeah. the unranked team favored over the ranked team is now 21 and 10 ATS, which is 68 percent on the season. Elsewhere in so, so I I add it. Yeah. So combined, what is it? I add more right. to the system, which I like more. The percentage is a little bit less, but it's a much bigger sample, and it it logically makes sense to include this. Yeah. What I add is you know teams that are just any rank lower than what the team you're playing against is. And so if we add that in, what was it, 9 and 6, I believe it was, with those ranked opponents? No, so, it was 16 and 11. So, uh, if we, you don't, we don't care about home and road, right? It was 9 and 6 Don't care about home and road, yeah. So yeah. 16 and 11. Okay, so then we're looking at 37 and, 20, 37 and 21. 64%. So 64%. That's good. The system, boys. The system. For the an, system. An, it's hard for me to wrap my arms around the system because – like the the rankings to me mean so little. Exactly. exactly but that's the point. Right? The rankings mean so little. <laughs> they mean little. nothing. The the rankings don't mean anything. But to the public, they see a little number and, and they're like, "Oh man, number nineteen you think is something catching to points." The players know. Hey, we're better than this team, and we don't have a yeah, high ranking team. Somebody doesn't like us. Motivation. It, you know, this it, it reminds me of my system, the system. In college football that I used to do all the time, on Thursday night primetime games, that ESPN Thursday night primetime, I loved unranked teams against top 10 programs. So you get uh, home teams. So if you had an unranked team playing against, like, number five at home, I would take the points with the home dog, thinking, like, you know, Thursday night primetime. It's their Super Bowl. It's their national championship game. But this college basketball system, this works one Portion of it is hitting at 68%. Overall, it's hitting at 64%. So if you'd rather just play the unranked teams, go ahead, 68% winners. If you want to play all lower-ranked teams that are favored over higher-ranked teams, you're hitting at 64%. So the system, boys. Play the system. (laughs) System. Uh, The Houston Cougars, who were 12.5-point favorites at Wichita, never we're covering the number 70 to 61 the final and that doesn't tell you how close this game was houston was in trouble late uh got a nice run to seal the deal and get a win they moved to 21 and 2 on the season trouble in houston i mean they're the title favorites should we be concerned they haven't looked good for a while it's been a couple uh non-covering performance that's how i judge them obviously (laughs) they haven't done a good job early in the season it was like clockwork houston first half they were covering they were winning by 20 at halftime of every game that's not been the case. In fact, they were up by one at halftime in this game. So they've been uh, they've been wearing down. Now, this is a real physical team, probably playing that brand of basketball as the season goes on, wears on you. As the game wears on. Yeah. So uh, yeah, things. Uh, listen, it's hard to say things aren't looking good right now. They're nine and one in conference play. For what they want to do, their goals, they're doing just fine. Right. If you're betting on them, though, not great of late. Uh, Washington gets a cover. They were massive, massive dogs. I think 16.5-point dogs, 17-point dogs. Uh, UCLA beats them 70-61. to Arizona, who got embarrassed at Oregon earlier this season, this is uh, what we call the revenge game. 91-76 winners at home. Gonzaga, 88-70 winners over Santa Clara. 
and St. Mary's 68-59 winners over San Francisco. San Francisco covering the 12-and-a-half. Gonzaga and St. Mary's will play on Saturday, their first matchup this season. That will be at St. Mary's, the, uh, the, bit, the premier matchup of the WCC so far this season. Only one game with a ranked team tonight. That is San Diego State laying six and a half points at home to Boise. Boise playing really good ball lately. I'm not into fading San Diego State at home, but the way Boise's playing, it might be might be a look at the road team. So uh, we'll 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 see if if anything comes of that. But again, the the card tomorrow is fantastic. Duke North Carolina. You've got Kansas Iowa State. Mm. Uh, I, there I, might be some system plays. On tomorrow's schedule, uh, and I mentioned uh, we don't have we don't have the spreads out yet for tomorrow, but there could be some system plays. You know, just trying to think about uh, you know, some of these matchups. Kansas State at home against Texas. You know, I don't know. You could have a Texas lower seed favored over the higher. Kansas seed. State will be favored. Kansas State will be favored. Kansas okay. State will be favored. What about potential for Clemson to be uh, uh, Miami to be favored at Clemson? They'll no? probably be close to a pick. I'm close to a pick. All but right. that'll be that'll be what we call a borderline system. May, yeah, okay, uh, <laughs> Oklahoma State could they be favored over TCU? Unranked uh, against ranked? Unlikely. Unlikely. Mm, all right. Oh, you know where you you know where you might get one. Yep. It, the Purdue Indiana game. I'm not sure. Yes, what, Purdue is in Indiana. I, I'm not. It, Purdue is at Indiana. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure if. I mean, Purdue is obviously very highly ranked. I'm not sure one. if they'll be favored on the road. So, so maybe number one, in, number twenty-one, Indiana, maybe a small favorite at home against number one Purdue. Yeah. So Gr- Griffin and I do the college basketball pod. Griffin Warner, who you can find at pregame.com, having an awesome season betting college hoops as well. Uh, but we were talking about that game and what the line would be. And we came up with anywhere between Indiana 1 and Purdue 2. So, I mean, it, there really is kind of a range. Once it's around zero, it's just kind of wherever the, the original, like the, the first money falls is where it's going to usually go. So, uh, But that's one to keep an eye on for sure. That would be a strong system play. But now you'd have to be betting against maybe the best team in the country. The system works. The system ain't scared. The system works. This weekend, in addition to the Pro Bowl, is the NHL All-Star break. And tonight is the skills competition and a couple of fun events that, depending on what book you have access to, you'll be able to wager on. Uh, I'm not going to get into the whole who's going to win the three-on-three tournament, which division is going to win, Central, Pacific, Metropolitan, or Atlantic. Uh, right now, it's the odds are pretty even. Central and Atlantic are plus 250. Pacific is and Metropolitan plus 300. What I will get into is the skills competition and two events in particular. And I think these bets are – I'm looking at DraftKings right now. I think they should be available on FanDuel and some other online books. So depending on where you are – you might have access to bet these events. Here in Vegas, I haven't seen lines posted yet, so at least at the books that I've checked. Here's what I like. Last year, I bet on Dylan Larkin to win the fastest skater event. It didn't quite go my way. Last year, Dylan Larkin posted a time of 14.116 seconds, finished second to last in the event. Now, why did I like Dylan Larkin in the event? Well, I looked at the field. And I said, I want a guy who has experience in this event, who knows what it takes in this event. And in 2016, Dylan Larkin set the record for the fastest time in this event, 13.172. Now, obviously, he's a little older. 
So maybe he's not as fast as he was. But here are your participants in the event, and here are their odds. Dylan Larkin is the favorite at plus 250. Chandler, and he plays on the Red Wings. Chandler Stevenson of the hometown, our hometown, Vegas mm-hmm. Golden Knights, plus 300. Kel McCarr of the defending champion Avalanche, plus 320. Krill Kaprasov of the Minnesota Wild is at plus 500. And Andre Shvetsnikov of the Carolina Hurricanes is plus 600. Of those participants, only Kel McCarr and Dylan Larkin have participated in this event in the past. Those would be the two guys I would look at. Kel McCarr last year posted a time of 13.834. I said Larkin had the 14.116. Last year's winning time was Jordan Cairo of the St. Louis Blues, 13.55 seconds. So who's more likely to break the 13.55? McCarr? Or Larkin. I'm going to go back to the well. I'm going to go with Dylan Larkin. I think last. Even though he burned you before. I think. It's a fluke. I think last year. What's the system say? He kind of realized (laughs) that, hey, maybe I messed up a little bit. And he takes it a little. Like coming back a year, uh, the the next year, I think says a lot about him. Because he did the event in 2016 and didn't do it again until last year. So he won the event in 2016, setting the record, 13.172 seconds. Then a bad performance last year, sour taste in his mouth. He's back this year. He wins this event. I'll take Dylan Larkin plus 250. Now let's go to the hardest shot. This is another fun one. Who's going to have the hardest shot in this event? Ulf Samuelson. Ooh, good guess, but keep going. He had the hard, the highest shot power on NHL 90, 94. Did he? Yeah, oh yeah, it was like a 99 on shot power, slap shot. All right, here are your participants. Imagine getting hit with that, break your arm right off. Here are your participants. Your favorite, Alexander Ovechkin, plus 300. What? He's like really? 60. Yeah. Yeah, it's resume. OV plus 300. He is one of only three participants who have ever participated in this event. He's done it five times. The last time he did it was 2018, though. So, in 2018, Ovechkin, 101.3 miles per hour. That was his top uh, hardest shot speed. Then you have the second favorite, Rasmus Dahlin of the Buffalo Sabres. Has not done this event ever before. Your third favorite at plus 380 is Seth Jones of the Blackhawks. Seth Jones did the event three times. The last time he did it was in 2020. The hardest shot that he's ever had in the three competitions that he was in, 2019, 99.4 miles per hour. Then your next favorite, at plus 400, Josh Morrissey of the Winnipeg Jets. He's never done this event before. And finally, also at plus 400, my pick to win this event, Elias Pedersen of the Vancouver Canucks. He's done this event in the past. Elias just, sounds like a guy who could hit the shit out of a puck. Just one time in 2020. And in 2020, he finished third behind Shea Weber and John Carlson. Yeah, but that was a COVID year. But the third place speed, 102.4 miles per hour. I'm sorry. Ovi's tops 
was 101.3 in 2018. Jones tops was 99.4. And I got a guy who finished third blasting a 102.4 mile an hour slap shot. Elias Pedersen plus 400 to win the hardest shot. So what you're saying, the standing says one thing. The underlying metrics, really the heart of the performance here, says Ovechkin should not be the favorite. Correct. It's like winning a scoring title in a year where, like, you with 29 points per game, people would look at that as better than the year you finished third with 31 points per game. It just, I mean, it and I don't like guys, and I don't, I, I, I don't like it. first timers. I don't like first timers in the event. I like guys that know. Even though one timer, that is a shot. Right. Yeah. I remember I, that was NHL, uh, whatever. NHL 94. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 2001 for me. I want guys that have experience. <sighs> Elias Pedersen. Elias <laughs> Pedersen did this event before. So my two plays for skills competition here on Friday night. Again, you can find these on DraftKings or whatever other online book. I'm sure FanDuel has them as well. I haven't looked yet. Dylan Larkin plus 250 for fastest skater. And Elias Pedersen plus 400 for the hardest shot. Your odds on the accuracy shooting competition. Connor McDavid, your favorite, plus 500. His teammate, Leon Dreisaitl, second favorite, plus 600. Here's my sneaky pick for this. I haven't done any research on this event. This is just literally having fun. Jack Hughes, plus 600 of the Devils. Nikita Kucherov, next, plus 650. Alexander Barkov, plus 700 of the Panthers. Then another one of my darlings. Artemi Panarin of the New York Rangers, plus 700. And then there's other guys, Tarasenko, Nassim Kadri, Kevin Hayes, Brock Nelson. We'll forget about them. But Jack Hughes, plus 600. Arten, Artemi Panarin, the bread man, plus 700. Two little sprinkles on the accuracy shooting competition. So three events that you can bet on. Find the odds. Have some fun. But also remember, you're betting on a skills event, so a skills competition. So, you know, you probably shouldn't... Uh, be doing like don't bet full bank roll bets yeah, yeah, on these yeah. things, you know. It's just something to watch on a Friday night and have some fun. So enjoy that. Let's go, Dylan Larkin. Let's go, Elias Pedersen. Sprinkles on the two New York, New Jersey guys, Jack Hughes and Artemi Panarin. There is a UFC event, UFC Fight Night, and Lewis, Bellator, right? Yeah, Bellator. Uh, Fedor. This, Fedor's final fight against Ryan Bader this weekend. Uh, but my buddy, Derek Lewis, fighting Sergey Spivak. My balls was hot. My balls was hot. That's the, the greatest post-game or post-fight interview I've ever seen. No, it was the second best. Because when he knocked out Travis Brown, Ronda Rousey's husband, he said, where Ronda fine ass at? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing worse than being knocked out cold by a man and then him having to say, where's, my, where's your fine ass wife at? <laughs> yeah, like, Derek is awesome in the post-fight interviews. Uh I'm expecting another funny post-fight Derek Lewis interview, and I'm going Derek Lewis inside the distance plus 225. First of all, this is a five-round fight. Derek Lewis has never seen the end of a five-round fight. So this is really just if you if you think Derek is going to lose, you need to bet Sergey Spivak inside the distance. I promise you, Derek Lewis ain't going five full rounds. It just simply boils down to whether or not I think Spivak can knock Derek Lewis out, and I just don't. Lewis has been put away recently by some really dynamic strikers, Taito Ivasa, Surreal Ghan, but he has typically handled wrestling-heavy opponents in his career because it's so difficult to hold him down and it's nearly impossible to submit him. He's been submitted once in his career. It was by Daniel Cormier, who's a two-division champion, maybe one of the he's one of the greatest, not maybe, he is one of the greatest ever in UFC history. Uh, Sergey Spivak is not one of the greatest in UFC history. I don't think he has the power to put Lewis away. I think we're getting value based on Lewis's last fight, which I thought was a bad stoppage. Uh, so now it looks like, oh, Lewis has been TKO'd in three of his last four fights. 
there's no way he's any he's he's washed up he's done this is a bad matchup for Spivak stylistically Derek Lewis inside the distance you can get plus 225 wow He's plus one ninety five just in general. But that's what I, why yeah. why not take the extra, take the extra thirty cents because again yeah. it's not going the distance. So um, Derek Lewis was in, uh, d- during media day was talking about the new UFC deal with uh, Prime Sports Drink. Yeah, and, uh, Logan Paul. Yeah, yeah, and then he also uh, saw a Monster Energy bottle uh, on the table and he turned it logo down, and he says, "quote Monster don't pay me," and then he said, "Whoever pays me shit, I'm going to promote the hell out of them." I'm not promoting nobody unless they pay me. I like it. I like it. That's my boy right there. That's Derek Lewis. It (laughs) seems like you're pretty emphatic that it's not going the distance. Are you saying that it's not going the distance and him win? Yes. Yeah, he's not going to win. Otherwise, you you would bet the total, right? Yeah, he's winning inside the distance. Can you bet him the win by knockout? Yeah. I mean, it just. But you're saying if he wins, it's going to be a knockout. Yes, it will be be a knockout. If you want to bet that it doesn't go to decision, you can do that as well. Uh, you but would, you like the first one better. You would pay minus six seventy that okay, it won't go, go to right, right, <laughs> it so. won't go to decision. Uh, so again, I don't. It really boils down to do, who do you think wins? Spivak is minus two thirty. Uh, you can get Spivak inside the distance at minus one sixty five. So you just all you're doing is shaving juice off whichever side you like by assuming this fight's not going to go the distance. Well, you got to think and, that's value then. You think I mean not maybe as much value, but think minus six seventy. If you had to bet it, you probably lay it. Yeah. Derek Lewis to win by KO, TKO, DQ is plus 240. I like it. Yeah, That's a good bet. Yeah. yeah. It's a, he it's ain't a great submitting bet. nobody. No. <laughs> well, this is uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. There's lots of. The rest of the card, not great. Yeah. It's like the finals of the road to the UFC, which is like a. Uh, no, thanks. And it's this, the Asian version is, of the Ultimate Fighter. This is at the Apex, right? Yes. Yeah, it was supposed so. to be in South Korea, and they moved it here. And it's on at a weird time. So it's like. If you're on the East Coast, you're going to be up at like you're going to be up until four or five a.m. watching these fights because mm. they've got all these guys from Korea and Japan who are on the card, and that's like what most of the card is was built around this tournament that's ending. Yeah, uh, and this is where I feel like I've got a real advantage handicapping, and I do have a best bets package up on this because part of the beauty of our schedule is we're up late at night. Mm-hmm. When I get home, it's hard for me to just go straight to bed. Yeah, so. I tend to crack a beer and watch Asian MMA. I don't know what you guys do with your time. Oh, all the time. I'm watching yeah. low-level Asian MMA. Yeah. So, so I've seen a lot of these fights. I've seen these guys fight. I've got some good tape on them. So uh, I've got a good feel for how this card's going to go this weekend, I think. What would you think of my tape? I sent you a tape of me in the gym today uh, hitting the heavy bag. You said you said I'm not a waste of time. It, you're not a waste of time. you got you got some work to do. You're very heavy on your front foot. I'm raw. You're very plodding. I've had no training. Yeah. You, like, the, here's, I've just been a street fighter. Think about a— uh, I'm like, uh, what was the guy that did the backyard the, the fights? Kimbo Slice. Kimbo Slice, yeah. Think about a boat. And the motor's in the back. Uh-huh. And that's how it pushes the front forward. That's yeah. how you got to be as a fighter. You need motor in the back. 60-40 weight distribution to your backside. And you said, more, you said more hip turn on my on my cross. Yeah, when you when you when you throw a power shot, yeah. your hips have to be involved. Your full body has to be involved. Mm. I'm a little, little 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 too too army. You're um you're a very dense dude. You're yeah. I, I don't think flexibility is probably like a strength for you. No. 
Um, but we, we got to get your hips more fluid. All right. A little more fluidity. Open up in the, the hips. hips. You guys mentioned the apex. Are you guys watching betting on the power slap? It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, to be honest. They really like. I that's watched, what I'm tra- a slap. That's what I'm training for. I watched, <laughs> I watched the first episode and I just said, I, I can't do this. Like I, do, I, I like the chalk. The chalk is a good touch. I haven't seen if there's betting odds, but it's like. It's it's funny because MMA fought for so long to get like legalized and because uh, it was illegal in mm-hmm. so many states for so long and like really just to become like a respected sport and it was like it's, it really is like this great display of skills these guys are so skilled at what they do not anyone in the world can do this and then now we're like going back to the caveman days and saying yeah but this shit. <laughs> this is cool, and it's like there's just no skill involved. I mean, you ever watch like I think they have it in Russia. It's like uh, it's like team MMA where it's like four on it's four insane. brawls. And it's like, absolutely <laughs> when, insane. Then one guy gets knocked out, then it's like now it's like a two on one. Yeah, they're dragging him out, and they, like whoever whoever beat him turns to the yeah. other guy. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, well, uh, it's like the uh, Survivor Series in, in WWE. Yep. Well, because we have the NFL flag football game coming up on Sunday. And the NHL's skills challenge tonight, two promo codes. Both of them will get you 20% off at pregame.com. I'm giving you both because if you haven't used one, you can use the other one. I'm saying if you have used one already. So two promo codes, skill 20, flag 20. Question. Answer. How is skating fast a skill? Isn't that athleticism? Isn't that just raw? Ability? Wouldn't that be a skill? No, I mean, it's like the fastest man in the world. It's some skill, but it's 80, 90%, you know, just how good you are, how, bo- how good your body is. It seems more like a, not a skill. Skill Sk- seems you got, to be like it's the way you, hand it's, eye. It's, it's the know? way you skate, the way you cross your legs, how, how how sharp are you on your edges. How flexible are your hips. Exactly. You know, it is important. a skill. And you got the stick in the hand, too. So you got to, you know, pushing forward, pushing forward, all that stuff. It you is a skill. Me. Skill 20. Use it. I, I went ice skating last year. Right. Uh, I've, I've probably told the story on the air before. You ever do something where your brain and body don't agree? You know, like like I played hockey growing up. I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't great, but I played hockey growing up. I skated my entire life until probably I was maybe when I was a senior in high school was the last time like I used to play like you know club hockey, you know whatever. I didn't, I didn't play in college. Uh, you know, went to college, played baseball, stopped playing hockey. I went ice skating last year. And my brain felt like, you've done this your whole life. You, you were fast. You could skate backwards. You're, you know, you're, you're, crisp, you're doing all these crazy you know, things. I stepped onto the ice. I felt like Bambi. <laughs> like, I did three laps, and I said, I got to get these off my feet. I said, first of all, my feet are killing me. My thighs are burning. I can't move. It was, imp- it was, it was such a struggle. And then I, 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 to- I talked about this recently with somebody, and they said, you do realize that when you say you stopped playing hockey when you were a senior in high school, that was 21 years ago. <laughs> like, th- think about not doing something yeah. for 21 years and then trying to do it again. See, it's different than what I, where I thought you were going because when you said your brain and your body want different things, I, like I thought it was like trying to have sex after 15 beers. Uh, like my, my, <laughs> or whiskey. My brain's like, yeah, let's do this. My body's like, <laughs> I don't think so, <laughs> it friend. It ain't happening. I no, don't like think my, so, my friend. My brain was like... <laughs> Dude, of course you can skate. You know exactly what you're doing. And then I put the skates on, stepped onto the ice, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. It was embarrassing. I talked the big game. I couldn't back it up. It happens. Yeah, I'm just not doing it again. That's a good move. That's it. Staying away. Yeah, save your ACLs. Hate hockey. I don't like kids. 
was that Gordon Bombay, <laughs> Mighty Ducks? All right, flag 20, skill 22 promo codes for you guys to use at pregame.com. And if you aren't a pregame.com member, every show we're telling you, it's free to sign up and you get free $25 to use. You can use that free $25 on AJ's UFC package this weekend so you can get all the bets for Saturday's event for free just by signing up at pregame.com. McKenzie's got NBA picks all the time. Ride those. I'll be back with the NHL as soon as the second half begins next week after the All-Star break, but I do have the skills bets tonight, which I will post in the forums at pregame.com if you weren't paying attention to this show and you fast-forwarded because you love that feature where I put the timestamps on the display so you know when we're talking about certain things. See, I do things for you guys. This is like we work extra hard or they say harder, that's another way of saying that, for you, the listener, because we love you and appreciate you. So, have a safe, profitable weekend. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are Straight out of Vegas, AM. Yeah.